Welcome to the Space of the Waste, featuring host Melody Edmondson. Do you struggle with the right look to complement your body shape? Have you tried so many different looks and styles only to be disappointed time and again? You've landed on the right program. We'll show you how to make the right style work in your favor. Now, here is Melody Edmondson. This is your host, Melody Edmondson. Welcome to the Space of Your Waste. We are airing on the network voiceamerica.com and our channel is the Variety Channel. Today, I am so thrilled to have the keen artist, Annie Margarita. She is the queen of everything artistic. I had her do frescoes on my ceilings and my uh, home before I scaled down to a smaller house, right before I uh, got into true retirement. But she, uh, and she is absolutely fantastic. She is as good as Michelangelo, probably better. And not only does she do that, she does tooling with handbags. I had her, uh, commissioned her to make me a handbag with my tarot cards and my husband's tarot cards on it. And it was absolutely beyond gorgeous. I mean, I have it sitting on display and rarely carry it because it's like a piece of art. Everything she does is artwork. She has done cowboy boots, shoes, handbags, with her tooling method, even more in a Western way as well, as well as rod and reel holders and many, many other things. She's here today and she'll tell you all about it. Please welcome Annie Margarita. Hi, Annie. Thank you, Melody. You're welcome. Tell us all about you, how you got started in this, how all your many degrees. I mean, I, I, I lost track of the masters and the doctorates and all of that. I just know you do art, you do education, you do literature, you do English, you, you know it all, but your love is art. I know that. Oh my gosh. Well, I've always been an artist and, you know, when I was young, everybody said, Hey, artists starve, you know, don't do that. You'll starve to death and you'll be on the streets. And I'm like, so I went in the service and I went in the Marine Corps and uh, <laughs> everywhere I went in the Marine Corps, they wanted art. So I was like, I'm just going to go do art. So I went to the theme parks and actually was building the zoos and aquariums all over the world doing Disney and um, Animal Kingdom and all of that doing rock work. And then I got into faux finishing and then I got hurt when I was working in Holland on an aquarium and I started my company to do murals and faux finishes. And that's where I met you. And that was, gosh, 20 odd years ago. And then, um, you know, age kind of sets in. And I was starting to do more and more fine art because I kind of was a self-taught fine artist for a long time doing oils and acrylics. And I started doing more of that. And then uh, I had a place in Colorado up in the mountains and I tried to learn how to fly fish. So when I was horribly trying to fly fish, I decided to go to Orvis and take a class. And then I really got into fly fishing and um, got into a veterans group called Project Healing Waters. And they taught me how to build a fly fishing rod. So I didn't have any place to put it. I didn't have any, you know, I looked online for cases and all they had was like these nylon cases. And I'm like, 
I want to make a leather fly rod case. So I did. And then all my friends saw it and they wanted them. And that's what started the leather. And because I'm a painter, most people don't really paint leather. And I just really started just going crazy wild with the painted leather. And that's, I, I, um, I found some collectors. They started collecting me, started shipping my stuff internationally. And like the Prince of Bhutan has a set of four of my real cases. And I just took off. And so because I was doing that, um, I decided I just wanted to go fishing. So I sold most of my stuff and went in an RV and um, started showing my uh, leather at little shows and ended up in Pendleton and had a gallery there for a while. And then I went back to school and got my degree in film and animation. And while I was going to school, I'm like still working on leather and painting and it just kind of exploded. And now I do use my degree for um, doing small videos for training videos. I'm on the paint hive as one of the instructors for murals and plasters and things like that. And then I do advertisement videos and things like that. But now because of COVID, it kind of set everything back. It kind of ripped all my shows apart um, right in the beginning. So I had a bunch of inventory all stacked up, boxes and boxes of inventory. And then we were hit by the holiday farm fire in September, 2020. And um, that took on my whole studio, my house, all my inventory. And we're just finally like recovering after about a year and a half. We still don't have our house completely built, which will be in a few months, but I'm working out of this little teeny shack, as you see, and I'm making, I, I just uh, finished um, completing a, a show for Florida that opens next week. So I have a bunch of rod cases and fly fishing gear and then three big oil paintings. So um, now I'm being invited to other shows like Audubon and I have yesterday I got invited to Italy for a show and um, I'm open for custom orders and things like that but it's just going gangbusters right now so that's where I'm at <laughs> this morning oh man you have just been through so much and you are so busy with your art right now and having to rebuild your entire life and I just absolutely I'm in awe of you and your talent. I'm you, Melody. You are the bombshell. You know nah, that. I'm not even up close, but I'm telling you, you uh, it is your art is next to godliness. And I think the God within is your art and it pushes you to keep on keeping on because seriously, we can't do without it. Well, art is my gift from, you know, the heavens and I feel like this is what I'm supposed to do and I enjoy it. Not, you know, yeah, I had to get off the ladders from doing the murals mostly. So thank goodness I have this to keep going forward because I'll, I'll never be able to retire. I'm just an artist. That's what we do. We create, create, create. And it's so much enjoyment, you know, out of making people happy with stuff, you know, it, stuff is, you know, stuff when you lose it, it hurts. So, you know, it's like, um, these are like children to me, you know, I want Absolutely. people to adopt my children, you know? Yes. They're so beautiful. And it's, it's more than stuff because when you look at art, good art, I find you can't really go, 
you can't memorize, you can't get all of the feeling you're going to get out of that piece in one take or two takes or 40 takes or 400 takes. You can go by the art, look at it, gaze at it, and you receive something every single time. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about your art. And that's how I felt about my uh, four rooms that I had you do things in. And I'm, I'm telling you, uh, I miss them very much. My house right now is very small, but I'm going to come up with something you can do in my bedroom. I just have to wait and pace myself a little bit. We have to kind of get over the uh, Danburite making of the jewelry phase. Yeah, <laughs> and the Kate Spade phase of me buying up everything I could find from Kate Spade well, uh, after she know, passed I, away. I'm I'm really looking forward to doing more jewelry too. I've done jewelry in the past, and and with your help, I've been, you know, thinking of things. But you know, I have to reset all that up too. But I, the new studio is going to be just as big as my one that burned down. It's twenty by twenty four feet. Yes. But now I get to plan it out like I'm going to have a jewelry station, a carving station, a painting station, an easel, you know, um, all in their own areas so I can be organized, so I can do, you know, multiple things. Yeah, because you can see here when I switch, I I have to like clean an area. Now you won't have to. <laughs> No, you can say, like, what one am I in today? Am I into making jewelry or do I need to finish my oil or do I want to finish these handbags? <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, with, as an artist, it actually takes so much energy. I mean, even more than walking, you know, like if you go work out, then it, that you get energy from that. And with the thought patterns that go on when you're creating, it's a constant you're thinking, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? And it, it wears you out. So after four or five hours, then I'm like, okay, I still want to be productive. What do I do? Well, let's come over here to the cutting table and cut out a bunch of leather for tomorrow or something like that. And it's really nice not to have to reset everything back up, you know, and, and you get energy from pieces like in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm awake for the last hour. When I have my studio, I'm like, going to be like, I'm going to sneak through the house. I'm going to go up to the studio. I'll, I'll work on this for an hour, you know. I mean, I'll probably be open till, you know, up till dawn, <laughs> you know, because it's energy. You and bet. I think, too, I think, too, when you have a piece of artwork, it gives you love and harmony, you know, and it gives oh, yes. you inspiration because I wouldn't be here with my art um, without other artists coming before me. And I get so excited about their work it gives me ideas to do my own work. So yes. you know, art is hierarchical, you know, so we, we stand on the shoulders of big artists, you know, of great artists, of, of little artists, you know, and the little artists that are coming up behind me, you know, they're getting inspired by my work and they're, they're wanting help, you know, well, what do I do with this? Or, you know, getting them over the fear of just letting go and creating something unusual or different or special, to them and then other people see it and then they that kind of launches them because it's a very fearful thing when you're creating something and you don't know how people will react to it you know they don't you don't know if they'll love it or if they'll buy it or anything like that so a lot of people have fear um to go into that unknown and and um you know i'm here to say that it's it's the most wonderful feeling in the world when somebody loves something that you create and and to be able to establish your life 
doing all these things for people. You know, people are incredible. You know, they're um, the human spirit to create and to talk and to write and to communicate. It's just this huge thing that and the more you expose yourself to different artists and different writers and all that, the more you, it's just, I'm in awe. It's like, how are humans so fantastic? You know, it's just a wonderful thing. Absolutely. I think mm -hmm. it's um, what you do is just fantastic. And it isn't just okay. You know, there's a lot of okay stuff out there. And okay tooling and okay, you go to a street fair and you see, and it is hand painted art by someone, but maybe it doesn't resonate with you, you know, mm -hmm. because maybe your eye is uh, at an aesthetic from buying art for a while that your eye is keener and you want a certain kind of uh, aesthetic value that you see. I'm not saying that the others aren't great. Mm -hmm. They may be for someone else. And some of it, I'm sure I just don't understand. I'm in an understanding now of some of the different art forms that I didn't know about, like folk art, neff art, because I have another you know, Sandy Marie is a NIF artist, and I never had an appreciation for that at all until I saw her work. And I think what got me with hers was her color. And with yours, it's how you paint it and it's the colors, because of course they're very keyed into the exact time period and everything else, which is from all your museum work that you've done in all of these museums. I think when you came to work for me, you were just not quite mo finished moving from Belgium. <laughs> yeah, it, Holland. Yeah, um, I was actually doing the Blydorp Zoo in Holland then, and that's when I was going through the injury. I I, I ripped up my rotator cuff, so I couldn't do that plaster and concrete steel because I was leading crews building that three dimensional stuff. But the three dimensional stuff, I was able to envision um, the shape of it in my mind according to uh, like a set of architectural drawings because I had architecture in high school. And so I knew how to do drafting and how to make, you know, the different look, you know, this is what this side looks like. This was this side looks. And then you have to put the two together and that's where you get the three dimensionality. So because I had that background, I was able to create things very quickly by bending the steel and thinking three dimensionally. So every little crumb of information that you get along the way helps later. And these other artists that you see in the art shows and things like that, that are just barely beginning. Of course they have a, a there's a huge learning curve, especially for something like making cases because leather's like a really cool pliable thing, but it is very dimensional. So just like architecture, if you have a beam going this way, you can't just end the beam and has to connect and, and have the load going down, you know? So with cases, if it's not functional, it's gonna be hard to sell it too. Yes, you know? so because you do fish and fly fish, etc., you know what they need in their carriers for their equipment, you know exactly what they need. The same with riding horses or, um, roping cattle <laughs> mm -hmm. or riding a bike or whatever it is that you need, having a handbag, knowing the compartments that you need or whatever. 
I think you've done a fantastic job of all the above, but it does take some experience. You know, it does take some experience and 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 it takes skill too. Like I'm just learning. I don't know if you can see this little case back behind me. Yes. This little case is my new prototype of a new style. This is actually um, called a Von Hoff case. And um, I've never done this type before. And now I'm working with an, a real build builder, a custom real builder to do cases for him. And the uh, learning curve on doing that type of hand stitching with the box stitch is incredibly difficult. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how come this is so difficult? I've got like 13 years of doing leather work in my own style of stuff. But when you start trying to make something that other masters made a hundred years ago, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a new skill set. So and it's very I, geometric, you know, yeah, like it's, it's a, a square box with a lid with perfect stitching. Work, you know? And yeah, and the stitching is kind of the decor versus your hand painting or your tooling. So it's a whole different kind of method for you. I would think it would be a little straining for your. <laughs> it's hard. And well, it's confining, you know, but yeah, with this prototype now I can, you know, I can cut the pieces and I can decorate it and all that. But um, just though, even when you're like, people call me master and stuff all the time. Okay. I am a master of a couple of things. I've and I think that comes with like 20 years of experience. Exactly. Um, but being at the top of one skill doesn't mean you're at the top of all skills. So I think if, if you have a journey, me struggling with this, you know, cutting my fingers up. I mean, because when you're doing that kind of uh, stitching, you're using very sharp awls and knives and oh, poking wow. with your needle. So, and you're going why is this so hard because you think with all this buildup of other skills it'd be easy you know but Goodness. So that's that's what's so amazing about doing leather because leather is like I went to study under a couple of saddle makers just because I wanted to learn their finishing skills and uh they're everybody's like well do you make saddles I'm like heck no because it's a very technical thing about how to fit the horse and how to build the the structure and all of that and then they get to like do the little dressing on the top and i'm like that's way too much technical like you know months of technical and then you get to fluff it and i'm like i can't i can't dedicate that much of my but art. if someone made the uh, technical saddle to the customized horse and brought you the saddle to do the decor that, you could do that well you're kind of like saying to the chef um, oh, make a cake and then I'm gonna ice it for you. It's <laughs> you probably don't like to, part. you probably uh don't enjoy that, and he might not either. Who knows? And I have friends that do the tooling for saddle companies, you know, but that's a whole other they do what genre. they do all the carving for the saddle companies, you know, they'll, okay, like the uh, some custom saddle makers they don't they're not real good at the artwork, so they right. do part that out. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, but that's like going into the other genre. I like fly fishing. So my genre is really hard for me to stay contained because I'm like, oh, I'm like a squirrel, you know? Oh, well, look at that, you know? I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to do that. I want to, it's really hard, you know, doing jewelry and doing leather and doing paintings and I do sewing. I'm going to be making curtains for my new house. And it's like, 
Wow. You know, I'm going to get you making skirts and pants <laughs> one of these days. You may be 80, but you're going to be doing it. No, that's <laughs> I actually used to make my own clothes when I was young. And I worked <sighs> as a costumer at, at SeaWorld. I've done that stuff. And it's very hard when you know how to do that stuff to not want to make your whole set of clothes. It's like, okay, see this handbag behind me? Yes, beautiful. That's the only handbag that survived the fire for me. That was because I carried it out of the fire. It had my wallet in it. Oh my gosh. And it's been a year and a half and I still haven't made myself another handbag because I had to reset up the whole shop. I had to buy the tools. I had to buy the paint. I had to buy the brushes and the rags and, the, and make the patterns. And so it's just insane how you have to rebuild, you know, a tool collection. You know, I had oh, yes. hundreds, hundreds of, of just carving tools and of course. sewing machines. And I'm sure you bought them from all over the world too, because <laughs> yeah. in your traveling, you'd find something, oh, well, this is true to French. Oh, okay. I want one of those, you know, mm -hmm. or this is true to Italian. Oh, I want one of those and, and, because I know your paints at one point, some of our paints came from France and Italy and all these places and you couldn't get them in Tucson, Arizona. Nope. And I'm doing the same thing now. I, I actually have to um, order out of Portland just to get the plasters for my own house. I mean, I've, I'm, you know, and paying for them to color match because I don't have my universal tint set anymore. You know, I'm having to pay other people to do the job I used to do because I'm not set up to do that job right now. So it's crazy um, what happens when something like this occurs yes well but, i think you should do another gofundme and say uh any margarita has seen on the space of the waste and the uh variety channel and i would like for you to uh of course tell everybody uh today all of the ways they can get in touch with you whether they want a handbag or a rod and reel or father's day gift or husband's birthdays or Christmas gifts. They can be, they need to be ordering those now. And um, you can yeah, give yeah, them. I would, I would order for Christmas right now. I mean, we're April. And because the way this year is shaping up, um, I do have events coming up. Like I will be, I believe it in Portland in the beginning of December for the Audubon show. So I'll have inventory for that. But Right now, um, I just sent my inventory to a show in Boca Grande because we're pre-recording this. Um, so that wiped me out of all inventory. But I already have orders in the books. And then when I go to that show next week, I'm going to be jammed up again. So Boca Grande? Boca Grande, Florida. Yeah. And, and that's April 25th. So that's how far okay. we are in advance with your show. And then where are you going? You're going to Italy? Well, I'm, I'm negotiating with Italy right now. Um, and, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm negotiating right now to uh, do Italy. They actually want me to have a prototype or the artwork done in two weeks. And I'm like, I have a show next week and I have another small boat show next week. And then I have to go there. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> negotiating whether I can like just bring something in June so that um, I can make it while I'm back, you know, it's just, 
what do you do? Yeah, you need to just jump into the quantum form and be two places at the same time, <laughs> making your art and having the art simultaneously. Now, yeah. when we figure out how to do that, you know, maybe Deepak or someone will help us with that. But um, I'm just so I'm got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, it's 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 crazy going on. I'm I've, so happy for you. Thank you. And then you know, of course, in my new house, I have to have murals and paintings. I don't have any paintings for my walls. You know, you so, will in time. <laughs> but you will take your time. Yeah. Don't don't rush because uh, it will be your greatest showcase. That house oh, yeah. will be a. So I would just take my time, and you can do a before. Have a housewarming say, this is before it's fully anionized. And then you can have everybody in five years and show them Maybe the ten. progress. <laughs> the progress. Yeah. Well, you saw how long it took me to do your house. Oh, yeah. Well, it took almost, every day, you know? almost two years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, but the, oh my gosh, the beauty and the joy it brought us like next to none. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite house because of that. And definitely John's favorite. And yeah. never say never, my dear, but you're never well, going to have time for me again. <laughs> it was one of my favorites too, because you um, really pushed my envelope too of making those medallions were really incredible. Oh, you know? yes. They were all one of a kind, fabulous. I mean, I told you, go ahead and sell them to other people because I don't know anybody, but, well, but they I were so gorgeous. That's what kind of slows me down with most of my work because I won't do, I mean, I might do a repeat of a pattern, like here's a pattern that similar I'm that is uh, for a fly wallet, which put, you, you go all your hand tied flies and this will be, you know, I'm ready to carve it. Um, like six fish in a circle. It's like six fish in a circle. I'm just it's, trying to let yeah, my listeners four, know. Yeah, it's like oh, four, fish. four fish in a circle. But then I change the fishes. So I'll okay. paint it completely different every single time. I might use the pattern a couple times or I'll flip the pattern or whatever. But every single one of my pieces is um, unique coloring. Unique. It's completely new, unique because it might be you know, four of this guy's favorite and four of that girl's favorite. And so they change. And then I, even if it's the four same fish, I flip them so that they're not all the same. And you can't paint the same fish over and over again, you know, and have it be exact anyway. Right. So. The possibilities, the possibilities are endless of what you could do, even with one fish, let alone well, and, four, and it, you know. I find because I was a sculptor for so many years and a painter that um, leather is sculptural. So I haven't even started. Oh, I forgot about the sculptural. The, yes, yeah, oh my God. I haven't even started to do the work that I wanna do, you know? And you see that, you see that skin? Yeah, right that that's skin. Actually a, that's actually a goat skin that's that's dyed as an onslaught or something. It's spectacular and it's it is. a little cat. So I, I, I saw that and I'm like, that's the inspiration for my next handbag. Absolutely. So I'm thinking of like a beaded something on the front and then this handbag, like an nice ocelot, yeah. ocelot <laughs> uh, pattern, just the pattern of an ocelot on the front and with the beading, you know, and they're doing so much with pearls right now. I could almost see that with pearls too, or even going to uh, 
you or know, crystals. Citrine, yeah, crystal citrines or whatever, Custom you know, jewelry. opals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see you definitely using lots of uh, jewelry type pieces on. Absolutely. Did you? I don't know if you recently saw the dress that Laura Tanzer did for uh, the Grammys. I'll send it to you, but she did a dress where someone that was up for the Grammys and she put real jewels down the, the side, rubies, sapphires. I mean, it was just amazing. And uh, so Laura Tanzer's tapping into that. And, and of course they are with handbags, you know? Oh yeah. And I actually think that might be something you could actually use uh, even Swabowski or real ones that are just semi-precious. It's like the damborites or something that aren't as pricey as diamonds and emeralds and sapphires. However, you can buy some sapphires and rubolite and emerald from other parts of the country pretty reasonably, you know, on Etsy and eBay if you find people. Because, you know, because of COVID and everything, a lot of things have been slowed down and they're willing, particularly in, in, if you buy more than one stone, like if you buy, buy a dozen, you can get a very good price. Um, well, well what I like you're good. aware too that I was doing those jewelry um, and I actually went down to the Tucson Gem Show and, and took Great. class on setting. I, I did a little settings and stuff and had all the tools <laughs> and, and I will do that again. I just, you know, I have to get a little, little, desk for that specifically so i can cut the silver set the stones and then make them into you know settings for you know like your your case had that really cool maltese cross and the and yes the my and the crystal and everything yeah and so oh and the crystal on the handle oh my gosh the handle's divine there's a natural crystal with the weaving silver of wire. leather and silver around it is unbelievable yeah so that's all in the future that's all you know okay that's, it's all up in here all these little things that i of wanted course. to do and um you know you're aware of um oh lisa um franks lisa franks bags yes yes uh, so i used to collect lisa franks bags before i knew leather i had like 100 handbags and i i collected all these different handbags and she's a really an inspiration too she got has those fully beaded bags and such so um and i've done a lot of beaded bags myself kind of and like judith lieber used to do you remember yeah. judith lieber and the shrosky um stuff i mean there's that's one thing about i mean leonardo da vinci actually made handbags did you know that no i didn't <laughs> you gotta look it up on the internet there's a leonardo da vinci uh bag that um actually survived the centuries and it was, it's a fabulous bag. And so, um, you know, uh, handbags are one of those things that people like unusual. There's utilitarian where, you know, you can have a black bag and it's functional, but then there's bags that look like Chinese takeout boxes, you know, that are <laughs> fabulous. And lunch, I had a lunch boxes and I used to carry tea kettles and all kinds of stuff. And those kind of, off the wall kind of structures are what I would like to get more into with the handbags. Structures like tea kettles, but done those kind of shapes in leather, I think would be 
incredible with tooling and paint and beadwork and fur and you know Ooh, absolutely awesome so i just need to get my studio all built and start designing those kind of things and they're coming you know they, be just they are coming. and they're all going to be one of a kind i'm not going to be manufacturing you know you can i could send you know i've had a lot of these uh chinese companies go hey send a prototype and we'll knock them off for you i'm like oh, no okay. <laughs> no, that that's the value in them. That that's the that's what I love about my bag. It, it no one in on the planet has that bag, and I've had people say, "Oh, you ought to take that." Blah blah blah, and make, I go, "No, no, 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 no." I paid to have this made for me. Sorry, <laughs> and I just think more and more people are doing that. There are so many custom people, and I just got off the phone talking to uh, a woman from. Uh, a 3D look where they do the scanning for body shape and everything. And then there's this company called, I think, um, MIVE, M-I-V-E, where they scan you and then you do uh, custom make your outfit to, to your size. Wow. I think I see in the future that you would never buy anything before you did that and you could even do it with handbags and belts and suspenders and everything or belts that you might do or even luggage or shoes or whatever because proportion your proportion and your bag need to go together like yes. I, there's nothing i really dislike personally do not think it's proportionate to be a real tall larger woman uh, whatever your whatever your waist length is, if you're super tall and of any size, athletically, you know, athletes have broader shoulders, broader backs, curvy girls, don't carry a teeny tiny little purse. It's going to make you look three times as large. And there's nothing wrong with being curvy and taller and larger, but just mm -hmm. do everything proportionately. Get the proportionate bag. Get mm -hmm. the get your clothing that works with your body shape and your waist length, and then buy your bag. Don't go mess up the whole outfit that you've worked so hard to get. If you're right. short waisted and you're if you got a triple D bra and you got a 30 inch waist and 44 inch hips and a nice wampus butt wear a tight knit dress and show that tiny waist show your bust line show your cleavage but get the right bag you've worked <laughs> so hard to get a dress for short waist if you're short-waisted with no seam across the front and no belt don't go blow it with the wrong handbag. And I mm -hmm. see it. I see I see how well we're getting there with this whole proportion. But mm -hmm. it's uh, kind of like a Greek language. They just go and a lot of people don't know what's trending or what isn't. And when you get to one of a kind, in my opinion, it doesn't have to be a fashion trend because you are going to pay a lot of money for something custom. Get mm -hmm. something timeless. Think mm -hmm. of all the things that can be timeless. Leonardo da Vinci, Michael, mm -hmm. Michelangelo, well, Carol, Holy Cabal, all of that. And, and know, crystals. And I, know, I know a lot of people are, are fearful of taking, like doing something other than a solid bag, solid color bag, you know, maybe with glint, but you know what? Things can be done with solid color bags. Like your, your bag was solid color. Oh yeah. And the carving on it 
just was solid. luscious, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I had and the crystal. People, yeah, a lot of people like, you know, I, I'm loving those poppies behind you. People you. love poppies. Yes. What if you did a poppy design on a black bag and you don't even have to have it painted, but it's poppies and you love poppies. So it goes with all your stuff as your accent piece. Yes. Yes. It's like you wouldn't have a room without accent pieces. Why would you have an outfit without an accent piece? Exactly. Why does it always have jewelry? Maybe you want it, you know, in a, a, a shoulder bag that's like drapes a certain way you know oh yeah exactly and i've seen those there were here and gone in a flash and i think it just came out when where there's too many other things to buy that season and they just didn't keep showing them but there was something that passed that i absolutely loved and that was uh, when it was brief but it was shoulder bags with decorative straps that you could take off and you could put on a solid one or you could put on multiple ones. Now, the way this, these only came solid and one way decorative. But let me tell you, you could take a handbag, like my black handbag could have six straps. You know, I could have six different straps if I wanted. All different. I have this Christian Dior bag that has a very novelty I bought in addition to the plain black strap, a novelty strap. Well, that's the one I use all the time because I do just that thing. I carry that bag as my accessory for the outfit. And I wear a lot of black, as do a lot of women in the East Coast. We -hmm. just have been groomed to wear black all the time. And in the industry, you wear black black a lot so you have a tendency to wear black a lot and then you do have more room to play with with your handbags Mm -hmm. and I think to make multiple multiple straps even as an aside to whatever bag you own that has a strap that comes off say someone already has a solid black bag you could certainly do a, a base some timeless silhouettes like you could do the silhouette of your bag and I love the clasp on there, the silhouette of your bag, uh, a silhouette of a something two or three times that size or two times and three times, and then have the leather shoulder strap and then have multiple shoulder straps and even smaller straps in case they want to carry it dressier, like mm-hmm. a little you yeah. know, Dior handled bag or the Dior has the strap. Like if you have a little lady, like whatever, most people like bike uh, shoulder straps, but even at cocktail parties, it's very hard to eat, drink and hold your bag. So a shoulder well, comes in quite handily. And, and, and there's nothing worse than finding the perfect bag and not having the right strap for it. Yes, it, yes. It, and they like, don't I spend time on the straps. Sometimes yeah. the straps are just ick compared to the bag, especially in the less expensive bags. And I found too, this one has a shorter strap that you can hook over your shoulder and wear it as a shoulder bag. But it's also short enough if you're holding it and you just have your arm extended that it doesn't hit the ground. Right. So it's you can put it on your arm, you can put it on your shoulder, you can have it in your hand and it's not going to hit the ground. So it's a very versatile strap. And I really yes. like, I like the cut of that one. It actually opens up. But also, you know, if you have a solid color, black bag 
it's so exciting to open it up and have a incredible color or print in there. Oh, in there, reach in there and have a jeweled wallet. Oh yeah, things you can do. You said it. On the outside, it's hidden. On the inside, oh my gosh, you open it up and your gold are in there, you know, or something like that. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is just unbelievably important. Oh my gosh, that is such a great idea. I'd love to have that. Well, I also think you could do the straps, say, for the average woman, five foot four through five foot nine, then you could do for shorter or petite, under five four, and then you could do over five nine. So you don't have that dragging on the floor. I mean, I was five seven and a half, now five six and a half, but I have bags that are really almost too long for me now. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's crazy. I'm five, you know, five, still five, six and a half. So when I wear those bag straps that are that long of a, a strap, I, I wear heels or wear them cross body. And I don't, I'm not a person that likes cross body. I have larger bosom mm-hmm. and I don't care to, and I wear a lot of jewelry and I don't want to cover up my jewelry or damage my jewelry or break my necklaces. And I wear a lot of long necklaces to elongate my waist because I'm short waisted. So a crossbody just isn't my thing, you know, so I don't want that strap dragging on the ground. And I do, I personally like the option of carrying it on my arm because I still kind of like that. Because mm-hmm. I guess I got used to the Chanel strap where you could put it over your shoulder or carry it on your arm. And like if you're going to a restaurant and you change into a small bag, I would only do that on a small, on an evening bag or a, you know, nine by seven type bag at the smallest, probably for me, <laughs> by mm-hmm. the time I get everything in there I want. Uh, you know, my atomizer for my asthma, my wallet, my <laughs> lipstick, my hand sanitizer, my phone, my Kleenex, John's glasses, John's wallet. You know, I need at least nine by seven or 10 by eight for oh, evening. Yeah. We well, won't even go into daytime bags for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always tried to limit myself because I have that shoulder energy. Yes. Left shoulder, left shoulder. So I have to be very aware of the weight. Of course. Because a lot of women, you see these little teeny short girls and they have this huge bag. It's like, yeah. girl, you're killing yourself with that yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. And your so chiropractor you and doctor, <laughs> yeah, your chiropractor and doctors, they don't like it either. You know and what you I mean? Know what I also found? Okay. So I'm going to show this as an example because see how short that is. Yeah. Okay. There's, it's about, I'd say that's. It's 24 right inches, 24 inch, yeah. 12 and 12. Don't you think about um, 24 inch? I'll just measure it. It's a strap. I'm just yeah, curious. 20, to, yep. 24. You're so 24 small. inches. See, so, I know my inches. But you know what I like about these two? <laughs> oh, that is just beautiful with that trout on there. You're four years old and you see beautiful. You see the paint is still good. I use this every day. So inside there's more you know, but what I like about a great bag, it's got trout, butterfly, silver heart hardware, and the trout goes all the way to the back. And it's in a stream of water in the greens and the olive and the kind of uh, whiskey brown. It's just gorgeous. But what I want to say about this is when I go to the supermarket, yes, I unhook it, I strap it through and click it through the shopping cart and I click it back onto my purse. 
So nobody can go right behind me and grab my purse. It's attached to the shopping cart. That, do you turn it so they can't get your wallet out? It's locked. Well, it's, you know, it's got a little lock. Oh, it's so got a lock on it. Out. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, Because my a, mother had someone lift, lift uh, out of her purse some items. Well, like the Birkin, you know, you have a hard time because if you don't lock lock those, then they're always open, right? Right. So, but with this, if you're shopping, somebody's not going to be able, you know, and this is sitting in the cart. Right. Hooked there. And you turn your back just to grab something. Somebody can't grab this purse and go with it. Somebody can't unlock it, rummage through your purse mm -hmm. without, you know, if you face it to the back of the cart. That's a great you know, idea. And yeah. it even has a little feet on the bottom, which I think are fantastic. So yeah, that when you set it down, you know, especially with all the COVID and everything else, you want to keep everything sanitized. But anyway, I love that idea about straps. And of course, all that idea about straps could be the same idea for chaps or, <laughs> or, or what do you call it? Uh, suspenders or belts. Or even cuff bracelets, you could do that way mm -hmm. for smaller items or hair pieces, you know, to pull, pull your hair back with, which, which I know you've done those. But mm -hmm. I just think there's a multitude of things. But and I also know the true sportsmen just really, really love them a lot. And you, I know you had the little liquor, little uh, oh, hip flask, we call them flasks because John has one. <laughs> I'm working on wallets and credit or um, business card holders. I've got passport books. I got, oh, checkbooks. I got, I, and I've had people where they match their handbag to their checkbook to their wallet to their lipstick passport. holder. You know, it all goes in your purse and it's all got little. Oh, and a on. makeup case too. Mm -hmm. You could yeah. do a oh. makeup case to go as the evening. Like you could take it out of your big purse and go to the bathroom without taking and, your purse. And the men, they have the, you know, the hygiene dop kits. I'm making those now all carved up and painted with fish and flowers or whatever you want, you know they're all custom you can put your name on them you know and they make fantastic gifts for men if you have a man that has everything give him a dop kit because he wants oh, to put his shaving right. kit in there like yeah dop kits which are dop hygiene kit. kits i do really heavy duty zippers that would last a lifetime oh that is where that is great for um christmas too and yeah. father's day and birthdays yeah. dop kits wallets makeup handbags even i would like even think that the dop kit is even more important than a wallet for men because men are very picky about their wallet that's true so if you don't know what wallet style i mean because there's triple full you know there's a yeah the you're right on that there's, there's the it do they want a window do they want this do they want and it's great about making them um because i'll make a bunch of different types you know but when somebody calls me i want a wallet for my friend um and he likes this then i can like custom make them the perfect wallet because I even work with exotics now, you know, if you want an alligator wallet, you want an ostrich wallet or whatever they, you know, alligator and ostrich last forever. Wow. But, um, yeah. You're and, right about the picky, picky uni about the wallets though. Cause some yeah. people just like a really flat, small one. Some, a lot of men carry money clips now where they don't really have a full blown out wallet except for certain times. I mean, what John does with his wallet, I, I don't know how, I keep trying to tell him you're getting older. You need to quit 
making such such uh, uh, OCD behavior on your wall. Well, because, and they pack them up, you know. I mean, oh yeah, and they, and he like depending on where he's going, he changes what he puts in there. He goes, well, where are we going? And I go, well, I'm not sure. He goes, well, I have to know where we're going. I have to know what to take. So just take your credit cards, take your money, take your wallet, take your whatever medication you have to take at a certain time and bring it all and put it in my purse because I'm not sure yet. <laughs> and he'll say, well, then I don't know what to take. And I, and I think, God, I go, well, carry your man purse, but he won't carry it around all the time. Yeah. I had him doing it. Man bags will be a thing in 20 years. Now they are. Young generation are very comfortable with wearing man bags, which I mean, a simple man bag. I have a a friend of mine. She's another leather worker and she made her um, husband a Ganesh. You know, an elephant 3D on the front of his man bag. Over the top. And he carries it with pride. It is spectacular. They walk in the room and everybody's like looking at that yeah. man. Oh my God, I want yes. one, you know? Yep. So I just, I just think that um, we have to get over the cultural. Oh yeah, absolutely. Do with your accessories. I'm like, come it's, on. They'll do those mail bags, but that's too big. The mail bag, you know, I think that's too large. I'm oh, just trying, I'm just idea. trying to get John into almost an envelope type. And I bought, I have purchased him a couple and he purchased him a couple of in canvassy, you know, like olive green and khaki, which I don't like at night. Mm-hmm. Hello. I want him to carry the black leather that I got, but mm-hmm. you know, so far it's uh glasses in my purse or he wears my glasses which are very cute especially my <laughs> cat eyes they and especially the cat eyes with oh, the pink lenses <laughs> they're a favorite around town i'm sure because john has worn my cat eyes purple my cat eyes pink my cat eyes yellow my cat eyes all green. he's had them all on and i can and i know because he stretched them out and i have to you know now i've got him working to you know, tighten them up and heat them over the stove and bring them in because I don't want to have to run down to eye masters and get them done over all the time. Well, Annie, we have about six minutes left and it saddens me very much because I could (laughs) talk. I feel like we just gotten started, but I'm looking at that. Looks like leopardy. What do you call it? Ocelot? Yeah, it's a print. It's a print, but it it's looks, actually goat hide. Yeah, and I think that would be a divine jacket or skirt or <laughs> vest, long vest or long coat or. Anyway, I know you're gonna. I'm really glad you're doing what you're doing, and I'm particularly happy you are doing your artwork. I saw your artwork on Facebook, and I know I have to go, but I don't want to go. But that that art that you did, of, I don't know if it was you and Bertie in the boat, but whatever it was, I thought that was absolutely one of the most beautiful ones that you have ever done in the outdoor boat season. Like you've done several with boats and fishing and, oh, the environment there. And are you doing Oregon right there? Because it is just absolutely yeah. gorgeous. I'm really actually concentrating a lot of my work on the river because we live on the river, right yes. on the river. And my, my sweetheart is a guide. He's a fly fishing guide and has a 1946 Mackenzie drift boat. And we live in Nimrod, 
which is a little teeny tiny, like 20 houses in uh, a little section of the river where the uh, drift boat, the American drift boat was invented because they're like using a dory and they were using the dory, you know, and you, you row backwards in a dory and they're like, oh, well, let's point it the other way and sit the other way. And so the drift boat was invented and then they tried double hull, you know, double, all different kinds of stuff. They, they actually have a, a drift boat show that's next weekend I'm doing a, a booth at. But um, so anyway, um, I love Oregon. Uh, you know, when I was in Arizona, I did a lot of Arizona paintings, but now yes. in Oregon, I'm doing a lot of Oregon paintings, but my show in Boca Grande, I just did a tarpon painting of a, a, a very famous lady uh, angler catching a tarpon. So I'm doing the best paintings of my life. I think the, the fire kind of gave me a wake up call as yeah. to production and what you should and shouldn't do with your artwork. And because I was building these big shows where I was trying to kick out work and just doing simple things. And I'm like, you know what, that's not how I want to be remembered. I want to be remembered for the over the top, incredible masterwork. That you and do. That is who you are. Yeah. And so it's really hard sometimes to decide to do, you know, okay, I'm doing something this small. Yeah. You have to do something small and simple. And this is for the people that can't afford to buy, you know, a $10,000 painting, you know, right? they can afford a couple hundred for a wallet or whatever. But so you have to kind of, I, I want to have an audience of uh, my peers, my fly fishing peers and have people have these in their hands and hope that maybe for Christmas, they can afford a special piece, like a real case or a little mm -hmm. hand, something like that. What so I'm price are the real cases? I mean, the, the high-end real cases and the uh, rod and the bags. I don't know. We have about eight minutes left. So uh, what's the price range about? Is it like? Well, you know, the, the real cases start around $350. And that's for a carved one. Um, when you get more and more carving and more and more painting, then they might go up a hundred or 200 or 300. Um, you know, I have lower price stuff and you know, when I'm not busy, I try to make lower price stuff, but when I get busier and busier, then I can run out of lower price stuff. So then you have to custom order it and then, you know, you're going to have to wait for it. So yes, of course, yeah. and you're only one person and you've got, Lots yeah. to do, but for then, 350 to 650, you can buy a real case and for a rod case. Well, the rod, the rod tubes start tubes. like 900 and they go up, you know, like the fully carved and painted ones are like 1500 right now. But I mean, okay. a lot of people, they're becoming like, I just won collector's items. Medal. Yeah. I just won a gold medal in the national uh, veterans creative arts festival. Um, wow. with one of my rod cases so that one of course will be a little bit more pricey because it's a very high-end over-the-top kind of rod case I, I sold one up in um, Wyoming um, it went up for like an uh, <laughs> an auction kind of bid and that yes. one was 5700 oh for my that. gosh and the lady that bought it she called me she's like I'm using it as a centerpiece on my table I'm like it's really made to use, you know, but <laughs> a lot of people turn them into art, but they are art. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, congratulations. You know, yeah. Thank you. 
and you know i'm just i'm hoping that you know someday my paintings go for 100 grand but they're buy them now you know that's right buy them now they will be now if you wanted an oil painting that's 40 by 60 inches i can't price it unless i know what the subject what, what, matter, right all, all the um, detail goes into it it's just on size and work i'm sure well yeah. and, and whether and if they tell you how much money they have you can tell them how much detail they can have <laughs> but well, yeah i guess it's better just to do what you want to do and then if they can buy it they can and if they can't if they want something that's at a lower price, it has to be like it is in clothing. If you can't afford Christian Dior, you buy something that somebody's knocked off at a lower price and maybe it doesn't have as big as sleeves or as full of a skirt or mm -hmm. it's not hand-painted fabric, but it's a nice similar, I mean, it's just an approximation of the original design. And right. let's face it, most people can't, afford 25,000 on clothes. Now artwork I have found, I know my friends and us, for example, not that we have what they have because my I have friends that have uh, beautiful, beautiful artwork that they've collected since they were 27 years old and working and they'd buy like a piece every year or something. And that's actually what John and I did too, but ours might not have been as expensive as theirs. But the point is, you keep them forever. This mm -hmm. is not stuff that you recycle and change and change and change. Right. It's not throwaway things. And everything you do, I think, is at that level. It's not throwaway. Mm -hmm. You use it and you keep it and you have it forever and it's special, you know? Right. And they become collectible. Absolutely. You know, very collectible. Like yours. There, there hasn't been very many um, fly fishing leather artists. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, an anomaly. I know there's a few artists, but they're not doing what I do. They just right. don't, they don't have the art background. They have a leather background or, mm -hmm. you know, something more simple, but yeah, but it all looks very cowboy to me. Mm -hmm. It looks very cowboy to me, the other stuff out there, you know, it doesn't well, look artistic. Well, and you know, um, the Chinese and the Japanese oh. and the Europeans right now are learning to carve western style they're they're oh. doing a lot of western i mean as fashion they, yeah they do the sheridan style carving and all of that and it's like the chinese are doing it and they're doing incredible carving stuff and they're you know they probably aren't as high priced as an american artist because of course the economy isn't like our economy you know you have to price it so they yes. can make a living and that's why a lot of people are like well, how come it's so high? It's like, okay, well, <laughs> you're buying um, a masterwork instead of something that's manufactured, you know, a manufacturing, like I had somebody when I was working in Florida, like 25, 30 years ago, I was painting at Cafe Tutu Tango as one of their um, like live artists. I was doing yeah. paintings. And the guy came up to me and said, well, why, do, why should I pay a thousand dollars for one of your paintings? when I can go to Walmart and get a nice painting for $30, it's like, um, <laughs> you're going to get an original that might be worth something in 50 years. That might yes. be something local that has a lot of, you know, cultural background to it or whatever. And then at Walmart, you know, the paintings at Walmart, even if it is an oil, 
they make a thousand at one time and then they just put them here one here one there one there and you think that it's an original type of work and it's not it's manufactured art so um, oh my god we live in a huge world of art and you don't have to spend that much money on art you know you can get a print and you can have a beautiful print of uh you know some famous artist from europe or whatever and it costs you fifty dollars but it's a print and and you're not yeah. gonna hand that down to your kids and have it worth three million dollars next year you know and no 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 you're not right so it's an investment and it's an invest and this is a very personal thing you know uh yeah absolutely personal but the way these are handmade they're not going to be made it's not something that like a handbag you get at macy's where in five years you're going to go okay i'm going to send that to the thrift market you know you're going to have this for 50 years you know because it's going to be made to last because the stitching's handmade you know and the it's it's made quality so just like a birkin you know yes it's made by hand to last forever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so okay my dear we're gonna have to sign off annie i can't thank you enough for coming on my show and being on the space of the waste i am going to say goodbye to all of my listeners and say thank you to annie margarita and you can find her on my site on my page and we'll have all the information on how to get in touch with her and to her website where you can see some of her beautiful work and this is melody saying goodbye till next week next tuesday 12 o'clock pacific standard time bye bye signing bye. off thank you melody you're welcome bye bye Bye. Thank you for listening to The Space of the Waste. Please join host Melody Edmondson again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next time.